Well, we made it. Of course we made it. <laughs> Welcome into the Saturday edition of the Fun Astrology Podcast. We're going to read Ray Merriman's abbreviated MMACycles.com newsletter because there really just wasn't much in the financial markets this week. Everybody gets all up excited about eclipses, and I've said just by my own observation that for the most part, by and large, the day comes and goes. But I know there are some residual trails and after effects. This is one that, as Ray begins the newsletter, that I, well, I saw a tweet that I disagreed with on this. But it's a quote from the Wall Street Journal yesterday on Friday. SpaceX is taking stock after the company's Starship rocket exploded a few minutes after lifting off the day before in southern Texas. And a quote from one of the launch team members, if we lift off and clear the pad, we're calling that a win. We'll come back to that after we read the whole newsletter. Second quote, also from the Wall Street Journal on the 19th, an IRS supervisor has told lawmakers he has information that suggests the Biden administration is improperly handling the criminal investigation into President Biden's son, Hunter Biden, and is seeking whistleblower protections, according to people familiar with the matter. Now, here's Ray's commentary. It was the week of the big solar eclipse in the last minutes of the last degree of Aries, square to Pluto in the first minutes of the first degree of Aquarius, and the global equity markets yawn. <laughs> the rest of the world was riveted in a series of rocket explosions, exposes, leaks, and revelations of political cover-ups. Plus, the renewed anxieties about the possibility of a credit default approaching for the United States. Also, typical topics for a Pluto-highlighted week. But the stock markets of the world hardly moved at all. Perhaps the arrival of the trickster, Mercury Retrograde, on Friday, April 21st, coincided with an environment of just too many conflicting narratives happening all at once, to make a clear judgment about what it all means for the future. Then again, Pluto is only interested in a future where the present has been obliterated by the revelation and punishment for the sins of the past. Well said line, Ray, right there. The pattern and timing were similar in all regions. That is, most financial indices made highs in this geocosmic highlighted period, of April 11th through the 21st, and most paused their five- to six-week rallies nearby the April 14th to 17th time period and then declined modestly into the end of the week. I'm not going to go through all the markets here because it really is a big yawner from last week. I will mention, however, gold and crypto, as he said, they followed a similar path but considerably larger price swings. Gold and silver, like U.S. stocks, peaked late in the prior week at $2,063 an ounce for gold and $26.23 an ounce for silver, then fell to $1,980 and $24.71 in the middle of last week. Big fall off on gold on Friday. Bitcoin and Ethereum also peaked on April 14th before falling 12 to 15 percent by Friday the 21st. That may sound like a lot, that 12 to 15%, but for crypto, that's about an average decline in a major cycle. 
The U.S. financial market basically went nowhere this week. It was dead flat. So let's look at the short-term geocosmics and longer-term thoughts, which also are going to be abbreviated. Here's another quote from the Wall Street Journal. First, from the incomparable Peggy Noonan, she says, I will be rude here and say that in the past 30 years, we have not only come to understand the Internet and high-tech's steep and brutal downsides, political polarization for profit, the knowing encouragement of Internet addiction, the destruction of childhood, a nation that has grown shallower and less able to think. We have come to understand the visionaries who created it all, and those who now govern AI are only arguably admirable or impressive. And then a quote from ZDNet.com, ChatGPT is a natural language processing tool driven by AI technology that allows you to have human-like conversation. I'll come back to that point. I got a call from my brother yesterday afternoon that I will tell you about. Then this quote, this line, from Michelle Williams in the film The Fablemans by Steven Spielberg. She says, I've got to do this now, because if you do what your heart says you have to do, you don't owe anyone your life. Ray says, the beginning of a cycle in financial markets is exciting because it presents the most opportune time to buy. The end of the cycle is also exciting because it presents the most opportune time to sell. But the middle of a cycle is the most boring or frustrating time of all, and therefore the best time to take a vacation and think about life, especially if Mercury is also retrograde. We are now officially in or near the middle of a primary cycle in most financial markets, and Mercury is retrograde, <laughs> in Taurus no less, which is the sign of slowness for the planet, Mercury, ruling the mind. Hence, there's not much to say about the markets this week, so we'll go philosophical with astrology. Yay! <laughs> so what are we to understand with Mercury retrograde now, close to Uranus and both in the sign of Taurus? If Mercury is the mind and intellect, and it is near Uranus, the planet of innovation, discovery, and disruption, it would appear that this is a time of potentially great excitement and invention. And it is when it comes to recognizing just how rapid inventions and new applications in technology are about to revolutionize our lives. It's a key characteristic leading us into this period of a technologically inspired renaissance that I've written about for the past few years in this column and in the annual forecast books and the webinars that followed. In Taurus, we value these inventions and innovations that will lead us into the future. But now, Mercury is turning retrograde, and suddenly there are concerns that we may have been moving too fast. There may be hazards to our comfort zone, Taurus again, that we hadn't considered. The downside of Mercury and Uranus together is dissociation, where we disconnect from our humanity, our personal identity, and we separate from a well-grounded sense of self-worth and even self-being. And with artificial intelligence advancing ever more rapidly, there is a genuine concern that we may become too dependent upon robots that we are creating and, worse, that we are becoming. Mercury indeed has an association with the mind, 
and with Uranus, it is leading us into incredible inventions about to transform our lives, especially when Uranus enters Gemini, the ruling sign of Mercury, in 2025 to 2032. Pluto in Aquarius, the ruling sign of Uranus, isn't going to stop this freight train. Think smart train. But something else will. And that is the basic urge, or need, to connect with one another on a level outside of the mind, outside of technology. For some, it will be a retreat inward to listen to and follow one's heart. For from there comes the outpouring of love that all humans seek, and the transcendence of the fear that all humans feel. The fear of loneliness, of being disconnected and alone, of not being able to touch and experience intimacy with another. It is only through relationships that love can be experienced. It is only through relationships that we can truly begin to understand the concept of karma, which is the first step to real knowledge of life, its meaning and its purpose. There may be a real danger for those who blindly follow the herd into this new age of technology and artificial intelligence, disconnected from meaningful relationships with others. You don't owe anyone your life as long as you follow your heart when you know you have to, even if ChatGPT tells you otherwise. And that's the conclusion of the column for this week. That, of course, from MMACycles.com. And thanks, as always, to Ray and his team for allowing us to repeat that material here for you on Saturdays. Let's go back on a couple of points here. We'll be quick. The first one is the rocket launch. And we're going to talk about this tomorrow night on our Level Up. That's the meeting that we do at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday nights. And this is going to be one of the springboards. So I'm not going to repeat what we're going to talk about there. The replays are available afterwards if you can't catch it live. It's on our YouTube channel, Fun Astrology Podcast, and also the Fun Astrology Podcast private listeners group on Facebook. Now, I'm not just a totally consumed with kind of rocket follower. I mean, there are people who know as much as the engineers on those projects know as hobbyists. It's amazing the knowledge that's out there that people find. I love the space program, Child of the 60s, remember it well. The fascination of us breaking the surly bonds of Earth. And even the thought that we could get into a capsule here on Earth, and as is the vision of this program that was launched this week, that a human could go to one of these astrological planets and put their feet on it still is just profound. But as they launched this Starship rocket on Thursday and it exploded about four minutes into flight, I saw some comments on Twitter from astrologers who were talking about, oh, don't ever launch on solar eclipse and Mercury retrograde. What are you people thinking? Uh, Elon needs an astrologer. You know, the concept of SpaceX is different from NASA back in the 60s. The concept here is you learn from your mistakes. You push it to the limit so that you get the feedback of the failures. And of course, every mechanical system on that rocket was captured in some way in some database. The Saturn V back in the 60s never crashed. And I wonder if they had and if they were able to extract the data like they are today, which of course they weren't back then, not so much. 
that they would have been able to prevent Apollo 13, where the fuel tank, the oxygen tank, ruptured and nearly cost them the mission and the lives of the astronauts. Could that have been avoided? Possibly so. And in the intro to the live coverage on Thursday, SpaceX showed multiple crashes of the top part of the rocket. And one of the comments was, why were they applauding when they blew the rocket up? Well, because they, <laughs> they got what they wanted. This rocket was not going to be like Falcon 9, where they bring it back and land it on, they bring the stage back and land it. This rocket was going to all be disposed of in space when it came back into orbit. It would have burned up. Would it have been cool if that stage had separated and if the second and third stages had gone on into space? Well, sure, it would have been cool. But they got the information, they got the data, and they'll go back, and now they find, found a problem that they could flush out and fix. So just we'll talk about that more tomorrow night. I just wanted to say that, yeah, don't, don't, uh, blaming that on the solar eclipse, and everything, I think that's just stretching it a little too far. Did you drive to work okay on Thursday and Friday and make it home okay and back here to listen to this on the weekend? Don't selectively apply something to one incident. All right, we're going to take a really cool turn in perspective on that Sunday night, so we'll see you on Level Up. Now, this thing about AI. All right, so um, any bias aside, if you have a perspective on this that is like, ew, well, please just, the, the interview is worth listening to. It's the interview with Elon Musk that's been circulating around a lot. My brother sent me the sections of this, and he said, you got to listen to this. So there's one of the parts. It was chunked into different, I guess, nights or releases or something. And there's a part where Tucker Carlson is interviewing Elon Musk about AI. As I recall, the video is about five or six minutes long. It's pretty short. If you find it and if you watch it, look at Elon's body language. Elon Musk was good friends with Larry Page, who was one of the co-founders of Google. They had a falling out and don't speak to each other now because of Larry Page's position on the future of AI and its regulation. And we are laying this on top of the astrological chart. This is the next 20 years of our life with Pluto in Aquarius. And like Ray's talking about here, with Mercury sitting right next to Uranus in Taurus and Uranus getting ready to move into Gemini. I mean, this is where we're headed. This is comfort. You better get used to it because this is going to be the big issue of the next 20 years of our lives. Incredibly fast developing technology, the control of that technology, and the dictatorial use of that technology. That's going to be the human dilemma, and astrology tells us that years in advance. Yesterday, my brother called. Now, he was in the audio production business from the standpoint of owning a big studio, like where they do records. My brother owned one of those and sold it some years back, and now he just has a, a small operation in, in his home, but still services clients. So a client came over the other day, and this was one that was an agency radio commercial that they were doing. So the producer was there. The client was there. He owned a jewelry shop, as I recall. And then my brother and the sound engineer. So four people together. And the producer pulls his phone out and says, listen to this. It was a radio commercial featuring the client, the jewelry guy, the jewelry shop owner who did his own commercials. He always read his own scripts. Okay. You get the idea, right? You've heard those on the radio. Sure. Well, 
here's this commercial with him. He's reading it, but he listens, and his his eyebrow goes up, and he's like, wait a minute, that's not me. And the producer smiles. My brother and the engineer are looking like, what in the world are you talking about? They play through the commercial. He said, "That's I didn't read that. That is not me. But it sounded like him. Well, the deal was that was not him. There's a website where you could take some of his voice and put it in there, and then it re-engineers to narrate that in almost the same inflection as he would do himself. There were enough subtleties and differences that he raised his eyebrow, but basically it was so close that you know in just a very short time it will be identical. Well, as my brother said, they started talking around the room and for quite some time extruded all the possibilities of this where on the shadow side of Pluto and Aquarius. Think about this that your whole identity could be recreated by a computer, your voice, your image. There's a video, if you go on YouTube and search Morgan Freeman AI, there's this recreated image of him. In fact, there are two videos of it up there, two videos on YouTube, and one of them in the upper right shows the guy who was the model. He's a bald, middle-aged white guy. Zero resemblance to Morgan Freeman. They took him delivering these lines and turned that into an amazing replication of Morgan Freeman, including his voice. Well, as my brother said, their conversation turned to, well, my goodness, then they could replicate your voice saying something that you absolutely didn't nor never would say and frame you with it. And someday they'll be able to create the video of you saying it, but you didn't say it. You see the dilemma of Pluto and Aquarius? That captures it probably better than anything, doesn't it? Lots to think about in this world ahead of us. That's <laughs> why we need to live on our highest timelines. See, here's the separation, because we don't want to go down that track. We want to stay on the high ground. And there will be technology that we can use for higher purposes, don't you know, and we will. Hope you have a great rest of the weekend. We'll see you tomorrow night on Level Up back here on Monday. <laughs>